Hurry into Old Navy tomorrow for 50% off all swimwear. $2 tanks for her and free flip-flops when you spend $50 or more in-store. Tomorrow only at Old Navy, valid 323. Limit five tanks. Select tanks and flip-flops only. Free gift in-stores only. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Alan Tan. And this is Juvenalia, the podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a piece of pop culture that was important to them when they were a child. Our guest today is uh, one of the co-writers and co-stars of Dream Gone and the Dream Gone Film Reads podcast, mm-hmm. Stephen Colfer. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Thank you, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, just get set away first. Listen to the Dream Gone yeah. Film Reads podcast because it's you hilarious. Um, what episode should they start with? Oh, start with Spider-Man and then work your way through. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it hits the ground running pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to talk to us about Majora's Mask. Yes. Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yes. So start from the start. How old were you when you start when you played it first? Uh, I was uh, 12 years old. Okay. Yeah, I was in sixth class, uh, which I I, very, I distinctly remember because that was the year I, I actually got a Nintendo 64, like very late to the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was. It was. I think the GameCube only came out maybe the following year, like yeah, a year and a half after that. Okay. Yeah, it was. It wasn't long after that anyway. Yeah. Um, so I very much like. I, I got the the secondhand Nintendo that was returned to the local computer mm-hmm. store in Kilkenny back in the day. Yeah, like not long <laughs> before that Christmas. Yeah, um, and I think that was the first. That was possibly the only time when I owned an N sixty four that. I was like waiting for a game to come out. Yeah. So it was definitely one of the last ones on the system. It was the last Zelda um, game on the N64. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just talking the time. But I, yeah. I, I, but I think it was also one of the last games, games on the N64 yeah. full stop, you know. It was really um, rattling to. Yeah. It, it was like the only game the I had to buy at full price. Yeah. Because everything exactly, else I could yeah. just like buy off my friends for a tenner. So, <laughs> um, so like, did you fall in love with it straight away? Like what, did, what was your first experience of it? Like? So Majora's Mask is a weird one and there, like, there's a reason that I'd like to talk about it like as opposed to Ocarina of Time okay. which is the one that, that everyone talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, and it's because I genuinely as a kid preferred it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've spoken to a lot of people like me in their, in their late 20s who, who holds their, their childhoods up on a pedestal <laughs> and they've kind of gradually come around and realize mm-hmm. that, it's, that it's the better one. Yeah. Um, My friend's well, the same. Yeah, okay, cool. But when I was a kid... It really, it really struck me because mm-hmm. it was so weird. It's such a weird game, um, and it's weird in like a Twin Peaks way. Okay. Um, it's really creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's like the that's like the, the I guess the best end to it is that mm-hmm. on the surface it's like another Zelda game, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got this tone to it the whole way through that is just like off putting. It's just like everything is slightly, slightly to the left. Okay, um, it's like Uncanny Valley Hyrule. Right. Yeah. Okay. So a bit weird. Full disclosure: I was a Sega kid and then a PlayStation kid. So I yeah. played six hours of Ocarina of Time, and that's my full Zelda exposure. Mm-hmm. So I need to be handheld the whole way when through. Did you, this. When did you play it? Uh, pretty much when it came out when I was about when eleven or twelve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So, so explain so, what happens in so Majora's Mask. So let me let me talk about the the backstory to Majora's Mask because I've researched Paint this extensively because <laughs> yeah. I'm really fascinated by it. Um, so Nintendo made Ocarina of Time, and they built basically they built a whole 3D engine. Uh, mm-hmm. when it was one of the first 3D engines like on a, on a home console I guess to so they had to build it completely from scratch and they had to learn a lot of stuff while they did it so a lot of Ocarina of Time's development was put into just like making this engine that mm-hmm. Zelda could exist in um, so then once they had it out they were like well we either don't make another Zelda game and all that work goes to waste or we use the engine that we have and turn out one quite quickly mm-hmm. um, so they gave it to I can't remember his name but it wasn't Miyamoto that directed it um, it's a different guy uh, he did Twilight Princess and Wind Waker after Majora's Mask. But uh, Majora's Mask was his first Zelda gig, as far as I know. 
And he basically was like, all right, I got to make a Zelda game in a year. Mm. So he had these huge limitations put on them. And he used the limitations in such a way that it like completely, I don't think they ever would have chosen to make this game. Mm-hmm. But So it uses all the same characters uh, from Ocarina of Time, all the same assets, but it kind of gives you this, it, it basically at the beginning, it tells you that Link is in a parallel universe. Uh, that may or may not be based on his his own mind, or or something something something's <laughs> going on there. Uh, we'll get into it. Um, and everyone's and and you're the only person who's aware that all these people are carbon copies of people that you knew in this other world that they don't know exists. Um, oh, it's actually so weird. It is very <laughs> weird. Um, and that uh, <laughs> and then there's this whole other aspect to it, which is it's Groundhog Day, the video game. It has this mechanic that like very few games have ever done since. And this is still, I'd say now if you played it, this is the most interesting feature about it, is that uh, the game takes place in the same three-day period, mm-hmm. which is about, I think it's three hours-ish in yeah. real-time playing. Gameplay, yeah. uh, where basically every time you start the game, you start on day one, and the clock starts ticking that you can't stop. There's ways to like slow it down, but you can't completely halt it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to do as much as you can in that time period. Mm-hmm. And then you basically have like a, a kill switch that resets everything back to zero and you just start from scratch again. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, you hit like waypoints where it's not like you're starting the whole game and you mm-hmm. there's certain abilities you get that that bring you that you carry with that you carry with you back to the start. Uh, but the idea that the whole town of all these characters and the whole game of all these characters are just locked in this like miserable three day cycle where every time you save them, you turn it back to zero and they're all exactly where they started mm-hmm. again. It's really eerie and it really struck me as a kid. Um, and it's one of those things, and I think I think a lot of uh, this happens a lot with with games. And uh, if you if you read uh, internet forums, is that people people think game stories are are, are incredible, mm-hmm. but really it's because that game just introduced them to a kind of a, yeah, an idea yeah. that's been around for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, um, and Majora's Mask, even though a lot of those things obviously existed in like other media, mm-hmm. not only was it, was it the first time a lot of games used it, but for me personally playing it, it was the first time I'd like ever experienced mm-hmm. this like nearly Lynchian that weirdness conceit, to anything. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so it, re- it just really struck me for those reasons. It's so mm-hmm. different to every other Zelda game ever. So do all those characters have like little sub stories and quests that you yeah. kind of like the disembodied hand like saving the woman the, 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 the hand in the toilet the hand yeah. The toilet. yeah so you um you uh you're basically given this notebook at the start of the game that keeps slowly auto fills everyone's schedule mm-hmm. as to like what they're doing throughout yeah. the three days mm-hmm. um and uh they just all have these little things you can do for them that kind of just like make their make their lives better mm-hmm. um and uh, it's definitely i think in terms of all the Zelda games it's the most side questy yeah. In terms of like, like story yeah. side quests, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the hand in the toilet. Let me yeah. think if I can remember this. He's a hand in the toilet. Yeah. And he only comes out at like midnight. I yeah, think. there's some time based thing. Yeah. It's been so long. But and there he definitely says, is. paper, please. Yeah. And the way you solve the quest <laughs> is the only way to get paper, the only thing you can give him basically is a quest important document to like other quests that mm-hmm. basically, and this is what I love about the time travel system is that you can't finish whatever the main quest that you knew that piece of paper mm. was. Once you give it to the toilet guy, you can't finish that quest. You have to go back in time and start it again. Yeah. But you can solve his one with it. <laughs> okay. So, there's a lot so you of, have to prioritize. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, you know, all right, I'll go back in time now and do all that again. Yeah. Um, which also made it tedious uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways. It has a lot of faults in that regard. Yeah. But it's, uh, you, you're going to find yourself... I definitely think it somewhat relies on you failing 
a couple of quests mm-hmm. towards the end of them. And uh, I definitely remember that being very frustrating. Did you find, yeah, like, did you find it annoying? Like, did you play other Zelda games since or before? Or was I played this, all of them. Was it your first, like... So I played Ocarina of Time before, before. it. Yeah. But this is, this is the second one I played. So yeah. when you played it, were you like, this is so not what I thought it was going to be? I think, so I... I actually do remember before I played it, I was really confused as to what uh, what the game meant by three days because mm-hmm. nobody specified and whatever I read, I couldn't get anything that actually gave me a, does it literally mean three days mm. of my own life? Like or three does it, human days. Like, yeah. Or, yeah, or like, yeah. is it a 24 hours? <laughs> like, how fast is a day in mm. this world? And it turned out it was pretty much the same speed as it was in Ocarina of Time, but it was incidental in Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. It, didn't, it didn't affect the game in any way. Um, so I... I actually definitely remember not minding it so much because in my head, I was so terrified that it was genuinely going to be a real life three day cycle. Mm -hmm. And if I messed anything up, I would be back to like (laughs) 72 hours of gameplay. So, but that was, but I think that because I was young and because it's that thing where like, you know, when you have infinite patience Mm -hmm. with books and games Mm -hmm. and films when you're a kid. Time as well. Yeah. And time. Exactly. So I think if, I think if, if I remember there's a, there's a great question uh, where it's the, probably the best side quest in any Zelda game where there's like a there's a couple that have been been split up by a a, a, a mage has turned one of them into a child. Oh and there's yeah. This whole series, of, which by the way, I mean that's very uh, it very mirrors like Link's own situation from the previous game, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think it's all in his head. Um, do you really? I do, that's definitely what I've landed on. I don't actually think that's what Nintendo intended, but, but, it's <laughs> but in my head, to, yeah. I think that the world's basically when it was what's it's there to it's there to trap him basically mm-hmm. and uh in my head the way it happened is this guy needed an, al- an alternate universe to trap to trap link in so mm-hmm. it literally just looked inside his own brain at his own you know messed up <laughs> considering he was 17 for six months yeah. and mm-hmm. then has to go back to being a child and that's what the whole thing is there's a hell of a lot of like that running through mm-hmm. Um, all the different stories in it but that one's very literal in that someone who is a man has been turned into a kid <laughs> and he's about to marry a woman <laughs> in three days not great um, like, not but I definitely idea. remember being at the end of that quest and failing it and it took like the best part of an hour an hour and a half two hours to go through and then just having to go back and do it all again mm-hmm. it's definitely not something that I think now I would actually bother doing. I think be now like, I, I have just to be go like, to the shop. All right, I'm like, looking at it on YouTube. I'm just going to figure out what I would have done and yeah. then pretend I did it. <laughs> you know, um, I do that so many things. Like, that was because when I was younger and in terms of video games, I was always a bit like shy and nervous of playing them. So I used to just watch people play them. Yeah. So that was like a lot of my main experience of Zelda. Like my really good friend who I'm still friends with now from childhood, her brothers had like an N64 and they were like big Nintendo heads they were older than her so she was crazy about like she had an ocarina like she actually had one like she bought one because she loved Zelda oh, that yeah. much um, <laughs> but yeah like I so entertained that thought yeah I was, young, I was, it was like really I cool. could get one I it, could do it <laughs> it was she could play it like she's great but like um, I always just think watching Zelda I always imagined it being so complex but then anytime I actually played it and let myself try and mess up and not rely on YouTube and stuff, I kind of realized it's just like you have to... It's just I always want to get things right immediately, mm-hmm. and if I don't, I'm like, fuck it. But then <laughs> yeah. with games like that, it's like part of the fun is figuring it out. Especially because I've been looking at Breath of the Wild a lot, and that's really fun. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, very yeah good. I think I'm going to buy a Switch just to play that. 
It's so very I've never beautiful. Owned an, I've had a, a second-hand GameCube for a while, but... Yeah. Well, you get to feed dogs. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's just so much like... That game is just... It's a miracle that it works. Yeah. It's all... None of it's... None, none of the things in Breath of the Wild that are like written. All the interesting things mm-hmm. are just what happens as you play it. Yeah. The physics of the game. Even. Yeah. 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 I, had a, I had a moment in it and it was one of the great... I jumped for joy <laughs> when I saw it. I must have laughed for about two minutes because I just didn't expect it. So there's, there's these puzzles in Breath of the Wild where uh, you come across statues... And the statues will have uh, like fruit or vegetables in them. Mm-hmm. And basically you need to produce uh, another one. So you'll have like three bowls. Two of them will have apples in them. You need to produce another apple and put it in the bowl and mm-hmm. you get a thing. And I, I was riding my horse and I was like, oh, there's a statue. Got on the horse, went over. Okay, it's an apple. Went into my inventory, took out an apple. And as I was like positioning to put the apple in the bowl, um, I put it in, nothing happened. And I looked to the left and my horse had eaten like oh one God. of the ones that was already there <laughs> yeah. and I didn't have another one Yeah, and I, it was the funniest thing because <laughs> that's just they didn't nobody wrote that no. you know they were just like horses like apples these puzzles uh, are there and the they require the apples yeah. so he'll eat the thing and they just left it they just left it they just set it off <laughs> you know um, it's like the most well-reviewed game of the year I think people are, are probably like it's it's an instant classic you know mm. Did you ever play any of the Game Boy Zelda games? Uh, yes. Yeah. Like uh, the what's the one Minish Cap? Minute I played Minish Cap. The only ones I the only handheld ones I haven't played are the DS ones. Oh yeah. They're not very good. Like um, Spirit Tracks is that Spirit, a DS? One? Uh, Spirit Tracks and uh, oh, what's the other one? It's the one he, he's on. He's on a boat and you draw lines and the boat yeah, follows uh, the lines. Wind Waker. Um, no, no, it's, no. It's, Wind Waker is really cute though. The one oh, on hi. GameCube. Uh, that's my favorite link, I think, is yeah. Wind Waker Link. It's very good. It's beautiful. It's adorable. It? Do you remember the backlash when Wind Waker people was People were like, this is bullshit. The people were like, I'm not in my Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, link I want a gritty little cute. green guy. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's, and that art style is beautiful. Yeah, it, it's it's, it holds up better than anything else yeah. from that time. And, at the, and when it when it was first announced, people were like, this is... It doesn't look like a cool boy. You are offending my religion. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, like Zelda fans are really... Not like no. the militant isn't the right word. Like in a in a more benign way, yeah. if you get me. Like, well, I, I I I can definitely say that there's some fans out there who once they heard me be like, uh, "Jersey Mask is all in Link's head." They were like, "No, they, they were angry. you die now." They were like, "Stephen is wrong. I want to be on this <laughs> podcast so I can tell him how wrong he is." Uh, so yeah, I know what I know what they're like. I wonder what people. What... We'll probably get some ads, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I always kind of thought of Nintendo fans being like the nice fans of the gaming world. Nintendo was the cute one. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, just yeah. It's the it's the it, there's something um, I don't know. There's there's something like there's like an Apple like quality yeah. to Nintendo sometimes, and I think people mm-hmm. kind of hold it in that same place mm-hmm. of uh, cultish almost, not in a bad way, but like yeah, there's no, like definitely, a, yeah, 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 definitely cultish. <laughs> I'm trying to think of why though. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of great like design in Nintendo games yeah. they're very pure and they make weird decisions that don't make business sense true. but they, people are like yeah well they like <laughs> they like exist in a bubble mm-hmm. and existing in their own bubble means that they they have these crazy one-off things that nobody mm-hmm. else does but it also means that they tend to be like very behind yeah uh, for like like if you look at like Zelda and Breath of the Wild which is is great mm-hmm. but when it was first announced the first thing they said was you see that mountain in the distance you can go there and they would have said that about on the 10 year anniversary when Bethesda would have said that yeah. with, uh, with Oblivion <laughs> yeah. in Marwind, you know, <laughs> they did not realize 
like what they had in their game that yeah. people would actually latch on to. Yes, we cooked up in this cave. <laughs> we've got we've got dragons in this one, you guys. Yep. Like, Actual <gasps> dragons. Yeah. Um, so how do, does Zelda compare to like Skyrim and Oblivion? Do you have you played those ones as well? Or? Yeah. Um the, the I've I loved Oblivion when it came out. Mm. I played a lot of Skyrim. I've really fallen off them because they've been doing the same thing for 15 years mm. and they haven't really changed it much. Yeah. Um, and uh, where Zelda tends to be, up until Breath of the Wild is like its own beast. <laughs> you yeah, know, they've it's like really their magnum re- They really redefined like mm. what they're going to do with Zelda in the future. Mm. But but up until then, um, even though uh, Zelda was like open world, um, it wasn't really in the... In, in what open world has become from like Oblivion onwards mm-hmm. um, where, where you have a lot more freedom. It's very much uh, you're traveling around it in a certain order. It's more it's it's more of like a hub area, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, like a Final Fantasy kind of model. Um, they're not quite as on rails as Final Fantasy. Not really. But I'd say Final Fantasy is a little more, it's a little more focused maybe. It's yeah. little, oh, it's very story heavy where Zelda, Zelda stories tend to tend to be a bit more show don't tell whenever they tell at all they tend to do it badly yeah where <laughs> uh, it's like all the little interstitials and it's the little stories and yeah, yeah. and you're I'm, there's a lot of times I'm like was that translated right yeah in, in, it sounds like off slightly yeah Twilight Princess is my personal uh, least least favorite in terms of like the story yeah. just because it's it's like they went for a big fantasy mm. instead of uh, the kind of smaller things they were doing yeah um, but yeah, there's there's some interesting. Majora's has the main the main villain in in Majora's Mask is just a is just a side character from Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. who you meet at one point. Yeah, Ganon's not in it. Ganon's not in it. No, yeah. and he's just this like he's just he's a child basically. Skull kid. Yeah, skull kid. He's a little forest child, and he has like the temperament and impatience mm-hmm. of a child. And um, he finds this this mask when he's goofing around being a kid. That is never explained. Mm. There's like hints at a backstory to it. Mm. But the whole idea is that it's just this kid who's been given an insane amount of power, and uh, this is what he's chosen to to do it to do with it. Uh, Did the big moon scare you? Because he's it used sad. To scare me. Um, I didn't like it. The big moon didn't, but there's like there's a there's a death valley in it that's Whoa. very disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a yeah, there's a there's a there's a skeleton zombie world that's just like it's like the whole point of it is that the place is dead. Um and there's a little tiny side story in that where the whole idea is that everyone has been turned everyone who used to live there has mm-hmm. been turned into these zombies and uh, there's a little girl living in a house uh in the middle of um in the middle of it all who you see come out mm-hmm. at the same time every day. This is it does interesting things. It never explicitly tells you to do this, but what you're kind of supposed to do is figure out everyone's schedule on like a first pass of the area and then yeah. go back in time and use that schedule to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So one of them is this little girl comes out uh comes out at a certain times certain times each day and you slip in past her to her house where she's got her zombified father locked in a cupboard downstairs and you got to you got to heal you got to sort him out. You got to you got to you got to fix that problem. But there's just there's, there's a lot of bleakness to the story. It's a sad game that you don't get in a lot of other a lot yeah. of other Zelda games. Like it's pretty grim. Like yeah. it's not sad as in like you, you're not sad when you're playing it, but like compared to other ones, the problems in other ones are a lot more. They're a lot less like existential or something. Yeah, the, the articles I read about it for what I could find. Yeah, it's like the loneliest Zelda game. Yeah, very well said. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, and again, I think it's because he's just somewhere that where nobody knows him. Mm. But and if he's inside his own head, that's even more sad. Yeah, but when you think back to okay, so this is what happens to Link at the end of Ocarina of Time, right? He saves the world, and he's been turned into an adult. Mm. And there's a lot of like suggestive looks between him and him and Zelda that are very Stuff's gonna go very seventeen year old hormonal <laughs> stuff, right? So he's like been going around with his muscles and his testosterone, killing things and fancying ladies, <laughs> and then uh, and then she's like, "All right, you saved the world, but I feel bad that I've kind of ruined your life. So uh, go back in time and uh, be a kid again." Yeah. But he remembers it all, mm-hmm. do you know. So he's he's messed up. It's like mm-hmm. the movie Big with Tom Hanks. Yeah, like a sequel to Big. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Big the sequel, but set in <laughs> what's the name? It's not Hyrule. I can't. Does, does Terminus? He gets to be it? a kid again at the end. He of gets big, to be right? a kid again, but he's. But is he a bit like? He had sex, like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like oh shit, he did. <laughs> well, it's probably a thirty-five-year-old woman. <laughs> oh, God, I mean, <laughs> so not to do with any of this, but you know, you're just like, I need to talk about Big. <laughs> <laughs> No, Where's the sequel big. to Big where he gets trapped and gets sent into another world that's a representation yeah. of his deepest darkest? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just really lonely. He keyboard, like, super but it's lonely broken. and messed up. Yeah. Can't understand why nobody likes him. And then when he's actually an adult, but he doesn't have the childhood, you know, so the twinkle yeah. in his eye that he had when he was a kid in an adult's body, and he has like inhibition and depression. That's and he remembers how really good an adult could yeah, have been. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's going to really mess him up. He doesn't live in a cool loft apartment and rollerblade everywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's still kind of my dream. I'm like, I'm waiting for that to oh, materialize. I, uh, I lived in a, when I lived in America, I lived in a cool loft apartment. And uh, I remember when I got there, and we really looked into this cool loft apartment. Yeah. I stood in the cool loft apartment that I knew the lease was up in six months for, mm-hmm. but I was like, Maybe this is it. <laughs> Maybe somehow this is my life forever. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was my life for six months. Well, you, like, I mean, pretty sweet six months, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that was pretty great, yeah. yeah. It's like, sorry, I have to go home to my loft, excuse me. There was pipes in the ceiling that air conditioning came through. Nice. So that was pretty. That was like, that is oh, cool. We had like loft parties. That out. Yeah. I heard that's a thing. Yeah, we had one or two. They were pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I imagine I've, I've, Big, tall ceilings. My only no experience party. of loft parties is Wayne's World. Oh, I don't so, even. I don't. I think I've seen Wayne's World like one time. I mean, that's my film that I, I can talk along with. If you were on your own podcast, would you do Wayne's World? I, I might do. I've, <laughs> I've got like five things I've, I've got, yeah, I, can, Alan, I can do. Yeah, we need to We've done it. Terry Patrick. We're going to do Simpsons later. Yeah. Wayne's World will be a good one. We've done Jurassic Park. We've done all of them. They've all come up yeah. naturally. So Cool. I would yeah. like to do four of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you think if you hadn't played Ocarina of Time first, you would have found Majora's Mask as weird? Uh, oh. No, I guess not. Mm. Yeah. Um, because I think the backstory does inform, like the loneliness you said. Mm. Um, if you think about it, he's, he's the, it's, it's lonely not only because he's in this place where mm. he recognizes everyone, but they don't know him, but because mm. that's also the world he left, you know? <laughs> like, it's really sad. Like, yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. This, and it's, if you, if you look at like other Zelda games, there are these, they tend to be side stories mm. where they take a, Zelda games always feature different links mm-hmm. the idea is that like time is advancing or splitting so you're always you're uh you're you're playing the story of what happened but it might not literally be what yeah. happened i think is probably the best way to put it um and uh that's which is why the, the hero and the princess is always kind of the same mm-hmm. archetype in each one mm-hmm. um but uh uh what was what question was i answering i was oh, almost there ocarina time first yeah so i think if you if you if you look at there's another game called um it was a Game Boy game called Link's Awakening. Mm. And it's also held up as this like great thing, mm-hmm. which is another 
he arrives in what might possibly be a dream world and people look like people that he knew but they're not them mm-hmm. and it's very much like it's I think it's technically a sequel to A Link to the Past which was the Super Nintendo one mm-hmm. um, but when they when they do these like sequel games where they take the same Link from a previous game mm-hmm. and they bring him to another one it usually just somewhat explores his own psychology mm-hmm. because they never really get to do that in, in the, the main first games yeah, because if you look yeah. at like Majora's Mask it doesn't have to be a sequel to Ocarina of Time, yeah. but they very much say that it is. Mm. And I think it's more for thematic reasons that mm. it's a sequel mm. than uh, than anything else. Um, Link's, like... Link's Awakening also was heavily inspired by Twin Peaks, which is something I found out very That's recently. Really cool. Which is uh, Nintendo, uh, an example of Nintendo looking outside their bubble. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just for like <laughs> yeah. weird, cool shit. They're like, no, we like this. Yeah, yeah. We um, saw this Twin Peaks show. And yeah. It's the only thing we've seen. <laughs> so uh, It's like how Zelda is named after Zelda Fitzgerald. They pick the weirdest pop yeah, culture thing. Exactly, yeah. They're like, we like this. Yeah. So we're going to pick this. And yeah, it really like, is like they turned on TV for like one day. Yeah. And just whatever they saw. <laughs> it's TV day, guys. And then the whole team are like. <laughs> this is it's the only place we're allowed to get our ideas from. Yeah. This is one day of American television. And then they turn the electricity off for the rest of the year. Yeah. They do everything with fire. <laughs> um, it the tone of Majora's Mask very much reminds me of. Um, have you, have you, is, do you know the Dark Souls games? No, I've seen. I've watched uh, Griffin McElroy play them. That's yeah, it. yeah. Um, so they like they make you feel very strange when mm. you're playing them. Um, I only found out recently that this is like intentional. Oh, really? Uh, so what the guy who made them wanted to convey was when he was young, he used to read a lot of badly translated to Japanese Western fantasy novels. So. So it was like it was like kind of looking through a fog almost yeah. through the through the translation, and he and he really felt that mm-hmm. and wanted to give that feeling to people like intentionally in Dark Souls. Yeah, and it's really strange because when you're playing it, you're like, where is this feeling coming from? Like I couldn't mm-hmm. normally I can pinpoint mm-hmm. elements quite easily, mm-hmm. like um, that are throwing you off. That it, or just like how is how is this making me feel this way? Mm-hmm. What have they done to? Mm-hmm. But in Dark Souls, I actually I couldn't quite point to anything. Um, so cool. But I really, I really, I'm kind of in love with that idea of uh, this is just a feeling the guy got when he was a kid that yeah. no one ever intended mm. to give to him, happen. and he was like, "I'm going to make something about that weird thing that I felt." But that's like people making anything. I think the best thing that can come out of any kind of like art, because games are art. It's like sometimes it's the car- the creators have an intention, and it is it, they pull it off, and it's really good. But I think even it's even better where somebody get something from it that is really unexpected and then they go on to make something else and it's because of their own interpretation of things mm. that they make something yeah. really cool. That's what I really like about games that you're just like, you're not so much an audience. Mm. It's like you've been given a part in the play but you don't know your lines. You yeah. know? So it's just whatever whatever you respond to it is yeah. what you take from it. You know. Have either of you played Gone Home? Yes. So... How long did it take you to figure out that nothing was going to jump out at you in Gone Home? Uh, they really had me going for it. I would say right up until the end. Oh, really? I would say. No, I, I was like guessing at the end yeah. that, all right, I'm, unless this is really trying to pull it, <laughs> yeah. unless it's intending me to feel this way so that it can ruin itself yeah. and a spooky ghost will jump out. Because <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't, hasn't played Gone Home, it's where you're a girl who's been away in Europe for a year and you come home and your parents have moved while you've been away. So you come to this new house for the first time mm-hmm. and you get there and nobody's there. And it's very creepy. And you walk around the house and figure out what's going on. But it's it's only about half an hour when I realised, oh, there's not going to be a jump scare on this. Yeah. So it, then the game just flips. And I, I can take as much time as I want. I can do anything in this house. Yeah. I picked up every single object in, in Gone Home just in case. 
because I'm a, a, a completist and a collector mm. when I play things. Yeah, like that's what a great game to pick up every object. Yeah. I know, yeah. They like, really want you to do it. I'm like the person in Grand Theft Auto Five who like got out the guide for where, where, like all of them, hundreds of packages are. Yeah, I got every single one of them. Oh my god! Like spent hours. Can't do that. I, I, I <laughs> actually don't like quests that much. I was like exploring. Same with Skyrim. I've paid like yeah, the fir- I paid like ninety hours of Skyrim. Only like two quests into the main quest, so I haven't picked a faction. Yep. But I just well, like you've just played just, for that I've long. I've been everywhere. Yeah, and it's like wandering around doing all the side quests, doing guilds and stuff. I go quest first and then explore. Yeah, I'm always because I played one game. The thing about the first RPG I finished, I assumed I could keep exploring once I did the last quest. Oh and yeah, you couldn't. Mm-hmm. So oh, then I'm yeah. like, damn it. Uh, so I, I remember. Yeah. I remember when I I, <laughs> I knew it was going to be terrible, but I bought the first Harry Potter game that came out um, because in my head I was oh, like, yeah. maybe, just maybe, it'll just let me wander around. Mm. And I played the whole way through it. It wasn't great, but I was like certain that once I finished this thing it would just let me wander around mm. the levels myself and that was all I needed mm. and then it didn't happen yeah, yeah. it was so Fallout sad. 3 was the game where if you do the last yes. mission and then the game is over that's true yeah so it was so excited so I knew I had stuff left to do they an extra paid content later on yeah <laughs> <laughs> really that's so shitty yeah, yeah. so you have to go back to your last save point where there's like a giant robot running around and everybody is out trying to kill you yeah but then I could still explore but in the hardest possible way. Yeah, I think it's not ideal conditions. No, yeah, I think the Bethesda and a lot of games have this like weird problem where uh, the story is uh, ludo narrative dissonance. That's what it's called, where the the story is like way more pressing than anything you would ever do in a side quest. Mm-hmm. So why would you ever do side yes. quests? Yeah, I'm trying to think of games that like fix solve. The, there's Assassin's Creed Two and The Witcher Three do an interesting thing where if you follow the story the game is actually taking place over a period of like three years. Oh. So in your own head, if you want to justify why you're not going to do this thing, mm. you can be like, well, because it takes me three days to get there mm. and this is here right now and I'm on the way. Of 90. Mm. So like... you can, I can kind of buy it more in those situations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but definitely stuff like Fallout 3 where you're like made to make a save file five minutes before you save the world. Mm. Oh. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, I'm just going to turn around and do all this shit over here. Fight in the death And then I'll come back. Yeah. yeah, just wait inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only ever played like really low stakes games besides the Zelda games I played. I played like I played like a lot of Pokemon, a lot of Super Mario, Paper Mario, Wario, like yeah. Crash Bandicoot, like nothing mm-hmm. very intensive. Did at you all. ever play um, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins on the no. Game Boy? Me and, uh, me and Hebrew from Dream Gun played through it recently. And uh, it's like a broken Mario game. It's like it came out too soon. It's kind of uh, like jacked. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's all like there's weird. Mario has a turban in it. And there's oh, all God. there's all weird <laughs> stuff in it that like they hadn't quite established like mm. all right this is this this is the mushroom kingdom and this mm. is what's in it yeah. and these are the rules for designing characters yeah. everything's just a little bit off a little bit um, weird it's very strange I love farming games like Harvest Moon I love games where you just kind of Animal Crossing where you're like I'm just going to do a lot of tasks Have you mm. played Stardew Valley? No, but I've been told that I need that's, to because it's what game. I would really if like. Yeah. What, if that's what your thing is, yeah. then, then you're done forever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cancel the podcast. You're not coming back. <laughs> I'm going Because I love it where I'm like, Harvest Moon, I remember I was like, okay, going to do my crops, going to give some special offerings to the Harvest Sprites, going to figure out who I'm going to make my wife. You know, mm, just yeah. like real casual, just everyday life games. But then Zelda was like the only one where I'd ever like felt like I could manage a big game yeah you should talk us through your Zelda tattoo okay because you have a tattoo I just have a Triforce on my arm yeah what what 
What a twist. Bro. Did you get that for this podcast? Yeah, I got it. Um, I did it with a big pen. No. Um, yeah, I just really like it. I like what the Triforce stands for. What, what does it stand for? Power, courage, and wisdom. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Which I just think is really nice. And um, it reminds me as well of being small and hanging out with my friend and watching her play and playing and just like cute childhood things. Yeah. And I really like triangles. Triangles are great. They're a really good shape. Yeah, um, so that's kind of why. Hmm. It's not like strictly Zelda, but if people... Like, I would never tell people that it's about Zelda. Yeah. But if people ask, I'd be like, maybe. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be like, well, now everybody knows. So <laughs> well, we also mentioned on the very first episode. Did we see? I yeah. My memory is... Because remember, Sarah also has a Zelda tattoo. Oh, yeah. And she's showing yeah. hers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been out. I'd say for there's a lot over of Zelda year. tattoos. Mm. You say yeah. there's more Zelda tattoos than most video game mm. tattoos. I think yeah. so. Would that be fair? Yeah. I think as well because the Triforce is really recognizable and like quite yeah. simple. And there's a very yin yangy quality to yeah. it that I think people resonates with people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not like having like a, a Sonic and Tails tattoo. Yeah. Of them kissing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always thought I wanted to get an Earthworm Jim tattoo, but now the guy who created that is super problematic. So, Alan <laughs> what? Yeah. So Can you tell be... me what happened, or should I, I just look it up later? I think he's just very racist. So no, that yeah. explains all those Earthworm Jim episodes. <laughs> all the really, never, really I racist ones. I didn't really watch it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, when I was really little, like maybe three or four. Because it had a filthy joke. I remember it had a filthy joke that I got and was delighted with myself about. Like, oh, you know, when you get you get when you get one filthy joke when you're ten. Oh yeah, and you're like, yeah. I'm really cool. I'm, I'm so sophisticated. <clears throat> there was one where they jumped, they burst in on Professor Monkey for a head. Yeah, and the monkey was wearing a French maid's outfit. Oh my god! And Ur- you know, said, "What's going on here?" And, and Professor Monkey was like, "Nothing. What? No, no." But oh he was just, god. yeah. I was very happy with myself for getting. I was like, oh, "That's filth. That's filth. It's. That's I filth. should know this." Yeah, it's a cartoon that has filth in it. It's like bold. So many things. Yeah. It's like The Simpsons. And um, yeah. did, did your parents ever like rush in and turn off a cartoon? Like, no, cause it, no, because it made a raunchy joke. My mom and dad are actually like very laid back. Yeah, mine too. In a way where you're like, should you have let me watch this at the time? Yeah. I where your parents in my room like, well. no, no, turn um, it off. Not really, but I do yeah. remember. I actually, I must look up what it was. Just you saying that reminded me of this. Mm-hmm. There was a show on Cartoon Network, like at like home Cartoon from, Network had been we- was weird. Yeah, at like mm-hmm. home from school time. Yeah. yeah. You know? And uh, I remember it was about a family. And in my head, it looks like King of the Hill, but I don't think it did. Mm-hmm. And they had, a, they, had a, they had a moment where the next door neighbors caught one of them climbing a tree mm. and thought that he was perving on them, right? Uh, and someone used the word pervert in the show. Uh, and I just remember a parent sprinting across <laughs> the room and just like, turning oh, it off. And uh, yeah, I don't think it was, I think it used big words, you know, mm. but yeah. that was it. Um, but those words just, wonder, they wash over you when you're... It was. Yeah, yeah. No, they totally do, yeah. Yeah. No idea. And then you look back and you're like, that's why I don't get when people are like, I wouldn't let my child watch The Simpsons. The jokes, and the, I'm not talking about the no. sim- seasons one to like eight. I'm not, mm. not, the rest doesn't exist to me. Yeah, no, you just won't let them watch the other ones just on Yeah, I'd be like, no. Grounds. Yeah. But those episodes of Good Days, when you're a kid, like, unless you've really been exposed to a lot of stuff, you're not going to get those mm. jokes. So yeah. then you have like a whole other level of the show to enjoy once you're like, whatever, 12. Mm. The uh, the Simpsons episode where Bart 
likes that girl that goes out with Jimbo. Oh, oh my yeah. God, Laura Powers. Yeah. I yeah. love her. And she rips his heart out in his mind. Yeah. yeah. That really freaked me out when I was young. I feel like there's really less violence me. in cartoons. I was actually talking mm. to Dee about this and she was saying that yeah. there is like there's new rules about kids cartoons and stuff okay. that you can't show stuff like fire or like broken glass with jagged edges and things uh, like that. Whereas mm. imagine like imagine Brandon and Stimpy being all out on now. Yeah, you know. but yeah, well, I guess Ren and Simpy was a kids show, wasn't it? Whereas The Simpsons was Geared perceived to be a kids show, I guess, well, by a lot of people, but really wasn't. Yeah, yeah. it was for everybody. Hmm. Do you think that the original audience for Zelda games was kids or everybody? Ooh, interesting. Well, I suppose this would be on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes, mm. um, yeah. Christmas number one in 1988. Guess who's been writing diehard jokes lately? <laughs> <laughs> um... um I don't know. Um, I guess I would say probably, but I think they grew up very quicker than we'd think. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think that like the thematically kids, speaking. Well, yeah, I think that the kids who played uh, Zelda on the NES mm-hmm. were teenagers or adults playing Zelda on the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. quicker than we'd think with yeah. this distance mm-hmm. from it. You know. Um, but yeah, I think I think it definitely. I would say it definitely gets people because it's very accessible. It's so much more accessible than like even Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. is way more accessible than like Skyrim or all these yeah. things where there's a lot of text, there's a lot of RPG numbers. It's kind of intimidating. Kind of, yeah, that you kind of need to know about and you can just they can just turn you off straight mm-hmm. away. Whereas Zelda has definitely gone out of its way to not really be about that. It's always mm-hmm. like very much like exploration first. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some... Like I always found as someone who's intimidated by a lot of big games and stuff, I don't know where it came from, like in my own mind, but I was always like, there's just too much. I won't be able to remember everything. I'm not going to know what to do all at the same time and stuff. Whereas it was like the pace was a bit less frenetic and like something like Zelda. Nintendo just always felt really welcoming. I thought PlayStation seemed really like cold and hard yeah, but yeah. when the PlayStation launched, it went for the cool club angle. They used to advertise in like nightclubs mm-hmm. and stuff, and they had like Wipeout with like Orbital and stuff on the yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> so that was the, they were going for like older yeah. people. Uh, I think as well, um, up to like maybe six, seven years ago, it was very hard to get into gaming because everything had just gotten so clump- complex. Mm-hmm. You needed to have played the last one and like gotten used to the controllers getting yeah. more complex, mm-hmm. even like picking up an Xbox 360 controller for the first time. I like just picking didn't. Up, I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't have, yeah. have been really intimidated by it. So that's why I think when the Wii came out and it's completely, you don't always use whole two things and swing them around. I have a Wii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want it. My in laws had a Wii. Yeah. My in laws really wanted a Wii. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I worked in a game shop when it came out. And I worked so... in a music shop that sold Wii's when it came out. Yeah. My, oh God. my God. <laughs> yeah. It was so Christmas. popular. We, we couldn't yeah. keep them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. so popular. And with like parents with little kids and just parents for themselves as well. I used to play golf with my dad on it. Yeah. Just like fun times, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That's what, and so it made, Nintendo went out of their way to make gaming more inviting and accessible again. Yeah. And like, and like Xbox did not give a shit about that. They wanted yeah. you to play Gears of War and hide behind stuff and shoot things in a brown mod. Like I remember land. playing Halo and, and being like, I don't know what it is. I don't know like if it's a good spatial relations thing, but I'd be like, which screen is me? Like I was that mm. bad where I'd be like, oh, am I alive? Did I win? Like, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I, uh, I, I like all the games talking about, so I don't, I don't just want to poo-poo them. But I think Nintendo have this great system where, uh, like you're saying about how just being immediately intimidated by games, yeah. mm-hmm. where Nintendo will actually keep all that behind a curtain yeah. and just like slowly reveal it to you mm-hmm. so that you don't like they really care about people yeah. kind of slowly being introduced to concepts in their mm-hmm. games. Um, it's so much nicer, I think. Definitely. Yeah. I think Portal does it really well. Portal's really cool. Yeah. See, like that's another one where I'm like, I can manage. Yeah, because you have fine. first you have one portal, then you have two, and then you yeah. have the paint, then you have the other thing. Mm-hmm. But it's all super gradual. And then mm-hmm. by the time the the game breaks itself at level eighteen, and yeah. you're into the guts of it, you know yeah. exactly what you're doing, you mm-hmm. know what to look for. And it turns out the whole what you thought was a game is just is all a very long tutorial. Yeah, which yeah. was so cool. Same. But again, it just gets you in there. Mm. So all of all of Valve's games, and they don't really make them anymore, but they mm. have such incredible like design stuff in terms mm-hmm. of. They they never grab your eyes and make you look at anything. Yeah, but they do. <laughs> yeah, Half <laughs> uh, Life Two is another great example of just like I remember I had just done uh, dictatorship and democracy in my leaving cert. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah. like in fifth class, my leaving cert, and then I played Half Life Two, and I had never read 1984. Mm-hmm. I had never really come across all of this like dystopian, dystopian. stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that was all based on, that most of it is based on this like period in Germany mm-hmm. where Hitler was like taking over, which is like what I was studying in school. And I played Half-Life 2 and I was like t- singing to all my friends being like, it's amazing. They've, they've taken yeah. all this history <laughs> and they, they, they came up with this idea where what if it happened? What <laughs> <laughs> <But> different? Like, <laughs> I really thought. Just I like mean, you get a whiteboard. Half-Life like, 2 okay. is amazing, but that's not the reason it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, to me it was. Yeah, like in Half-Life 2, like in the first what, two minutes, a guard tells you to pick up a can and put it in a bin. Yeah. So now you understand I'm in a dystopia with amazing physics. Yeah, mm. exactly. And that's, yeah. that's the game. Oh, it's so yeah, lovely. That's, yeah. that's basically the, its selling point. But they just introduce you to you straight away. You're in. Yeah. But it's so cool, like games and books and stuff. Like I think people culturally have come away from the idea that you have to come across concepts with the original like creator of the concept. Like, so mm. like you don't have to read 1984 to understand dystopias or if you like oh, yeah. cultural references in other shows and then like you come upon the film that it was referenced in an episode of something else and you're like oh this is a real thing and like mm. yeah. there's just no right way to know about stuff or go about like enjoying yeah you, you never things. learn it from like a pure source no exactly yeah <laughs> you know? it's all being like, bastardized yeah. but yeah. it's good yeah. I think yeah. mm. and it's okay that like I can still remember that how Half-Life made me feel yeah mm. and even though it literally only made me feel that because I hadn't read all this material yeah. that it's drawing from it still made me feel it mm. you know um, it's like when like there's no such thing I think high culture and low culture that's gone now do you know there is mm, high culture yeah. would be like orchestras for rich people it is there yeah but yeah. I think for like most people it's like they get sources just from all these different streams and then they just make up their own viewpoint of yeah like they're watching Westworld and Teen Mom yeah exactly and that's fine and they're going to do a crossover season and it's going to be <laughs> amazing there's loads of robot Teen Moms <laughs> sounds good shoot each other that's good that sounds okay good. no the shooting no that's for no. me yeah no, robot Teen Moms, let's leave it there. Let's leave robot Teen Moms, yeah. Um, one thing that's not around now that was around then is as much as computer magazines. <laughs> which we said we were talking about beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So were you a big computer game magazine? So uh, I, I let's talk about uh, the, the concept of official magazines because <laughs> yeah. they blow my mind today. <laughs> so when I, so but because you, when you couldn't afford video games, you bought the magazines that mm-hmm. had pictures from the video games in them instead. Yeah. And it's almost like it. And yeah, like Nintendo and Sega and all, they had like, and I think they still do. 
they mm. had official magazines. Yeah, that they PlayStation commissioned and, and they? paid I think so, for. Yeah, and I and I remember being like, no, I have to get the official one. <laughs> I have to get the propaganda, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And really, it was. I you want know? that seal. Uh, where everything made by Nintendo gets a ninety-five out of a hundred mm-hmm. minimum, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and everything else is is maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's 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 uh, like a sixty. Yeah. So there was a lot of that. Yeah. I, re- I I have I recently went through a big pile of uh, my old Nintendo oh, official magazines. Uh, sorry, yeah, still have them. I still have them. Yeah. No. Did you get I rid can't. of some and keep some faves, or did I you keep c- them all? I, co- I got rid of. Uh, I kept all of my Nintendo official magazines. Mm-hmm. I got rid of anything else that I oh. would have gotten at the time yeah. Um, just because I was like oh I had like one episode of CVG like mm. lying around I was like alright if I have to chuck stuff I'll chuck those mm. but just because my Nintendo collection was like a solid three years yeah. mm. this one magazine and it's only one box um, it was a monthly I, I right to, I had to hang on to it yeah they're all monthly yeah, yeah. Um, they were yeah, glossy they, like they were mm. premium products well they had the Nintendo money behind them Games Master and stuff was a bit cheaper. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And, they had to be, and they had to be a bit edgy in their materials to like edgier. stand out because yeah. they were like, all right, Nintendo won't let the official guys make jokes mm-hmm. that are at the expense of yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. So all the other magazines like turned that up to try and compete. Um, I remember Games Master had the best picture captions. The, oh, which yeah. is kind of a pre-Twitter <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, yeah, with, like, completely. Yeah. They're memes. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? And they had one guy, Les Ellis, who was like the king of funny computer games writers. Yeah. And I used to like, because they'd have a lot of, he was like this guy with like long scraggly hair mm. who you would just avoid in a pub or whatever. But he was the funniest computer game writer <laughs> in the 90s. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> but um, every article he wrote was always hilarious. Mm. But also you like learned about the game as well. Yeah. It's just really good talent to have. That's what you want. Yeah. It's like when a film reviewer doesn't just make it like a really pompous thing. Mm. If they don't like something, they're like, you might like it because of this. Like, it's never just... You know when people review things and it's like they think that what they are saying is how everyone should see it or mm, consume yeah. it. Like, whereas when someone just is like, "This is what I thought." Here's a few gas things about it. Done. What I don't like is when reviewers go in going, "I'm I'm better than this. It's below yeah. me to be reviewing this." So here's some snark about oh, it. Oh, like that time when Pitchfork reviewed the Black Kids album and they didn't even give it a review; they just linked to a GIF, and that really like that stalled their that band's career for years mm. oh god that's awful or their, yeah. their review of Jet's second album was just a video of a monkey drinking some piss yeah which I mean that's kind of fair enough oh like for I Jet, but... <laughs> you can say that but give them the words you yeah, will yeah. give to other true, bands yeah. like don't mm. just it's and also like I have a, such an issue like with people who just criticise stuff and don't actually make anything mm. But yeah. that's another story. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it depends on like if a good reviewer will treat their review like it's art in itself. Yeah, they'll be know? respectful. So like the thing they are making is their review. Yeah. And a, a person who decides instead of a review, I'm going to link to a, a visceral reaction, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then uh, you're not you're not really doing your job, mate. No, you that's know? exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just kind of flippant and mean. Mm. I don't like it. The um, reviews for Majora's Mask are all pretty, very high. Like I think... That and Ocarina of Time, and probably now Breath of the Wild, they're the ones that people are always like, "This is yeah, this is the this is the thing. This is if, this is Zelda." Like, yeah, it's you interesting know. how they hold up because what happens with a lot of Zeldas is that the new one kind of makes the old one like Ocarina of Time. It's going to become more and more difficult for people to just play because mm-hmm. it's it's still got a lot of it's got a lot of flaws that weren't solved mm-hmm. until later, um, especially after Breath of the Wild. There's such different different games, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how to. Uh, Video games are, you know, they're the they're the black and white films 
of yeah. our time mm. where they're just evolving so fast mm. because everyone is figuring out the rules still. Yeah. Um, whereas something like filmmaking where rules are still being made, but at a much slower pace than yeah. they would have been when they were moving from like a shot of a train to Citizen yeah. Kane. Mm. That rhymed. Um, that was very good. <laughs> um, yeah. um, that was and yeah, and games are still, you're slowing down a bit now, but certainly, yeah. especially around Ocarina of Time when they were jumping from 2D to 3D. Yeah. And like figuring a lot of stuff out. So I don't know if uh, Ocarina of Time becomes more of, and Majora's Mask become more of, you're not necessarily playing them just because I want to play a game. It's more, I want to remind myself or yeah, I want like to look back yourself. at like, I want to yeah. figure it's, out what they were trying to do like, or yeah. where they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of need a bit of context. Yeah. Mm. It's like um, studying cinema or something in college. It, like, yeah, yeah, This it is. isn't the most enjoyable film in the world, but I get that. Yeah, but like if you understand, I get, I get that you can see the ceiling in this, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this like, is the first time I've seen it. Or like, they're talking and I don't care what they're saying, but I can hear them speaking and that's cool. And for its time, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like when you go back and like watch stuff and you like it's you know it's not going to be you have to look at it from when as a product of its time. Yeah, especially well. with computer yeah. games. That was so old. Like yeah. it's like 31. Yeah. The first one was in 86 like. And to actually like find and play that Zelda is much more difficult than it is to like find and watch a film from a Chaplin film or something, yeah. yeah, or a film from that 1986 is yeah. so much easier to find. Mm-hmm. And that first Zelda game has bits where you just need to like randomly bomb walls that you have no indication. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really. Uh, have you played it? Um, I played a bit of it. Yeah. I, I certainly haven't finished it yeah. because of the aforementioned randomly bomb <laughs> yeah. walls bit. Um, it's a big ask, but uh, yeah, you know, it's because everything else in it was new. Yeah, so at the time it was like I can overlook this because I don't know that it's a problem. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, do, do you know what Nintendo Nintendo official magazine did lead me to do back in the day? I'm uh, excited. What? I, I got my I got my dad to drive me up to the RDS so I could partake in a Pokemon tournament uh, that Nintendo official magazine ran. That is oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so cool. It was very strange. Was it Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Um, I was it have... like playing? Like, did you like yes, with link was, cables yeah, and everything? Yes, yeah. so <gasps> we went up and I, let me. Hang on, I'm trying to remember. So I went up and I got there. And there was like a queue outside. Oh my god! And uh, when was this? Like two thousand. This was right around the Majora's Mask time. So because I think I was still in primary school. Oh, um, god. And uh, yeah, so we went to went up. There was a queue outside where everyone was playing Pokemon. So I remember I fought someone outside in the queue, and they were twice my height, and I beat them. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I did it!" Oh my god! Um, and then we went in, and there was this, you know, that kind of thing where you care really passionately about something, but the staff are really confused because it's like the normal venue stuff. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, they're like what's this what yeah. is going on? They don't really know <laughs> like, what the rules are, you know? Um, and I remember we went in, so the way it worked was you had to win. You played other players mm-hmm. just randomly. You literally went up to people and were like, do you want to, do you want to yeah. play? And you had to win five games in a row. You got a stamp every time you won. Um, and if you were there won, people refing? Like were they? They like... there was they were supposed to be refing. Yeah. But I remember you could literally just walk up to them and be like, I won a game. And uh, they'd be like, stamp. Oh and basically, gosh. if you got five in a row, which everyone was just not telling people when they lost, and yeah. then we so got it eventually, you got to fight the then editor of Nintendo Official Magazine, which I did. Oh my God. Which I did. And he beat me oh. horrifically. Um, but you got that experience. I did, I did. And That's it was, such yeah, a time fun. capsule of a thing to have. Yeah, and it yeah. really so stuck cool. with me, do you know? Yeah. Like, I really remember a lot of details about it. <laughs> was there, like, merch? Like... 
there was a trade there was a trading card like swap thing swap set up um, and they had um the big cards or the little cards like the serious cards uh, the or serious the, cards, yeah, yeah. serious cards yeah not the not the um not the big full the ones that had the out of date yeah. uh, TV show description oh, of the, the Pokemon on the back. On the back, yeah. Yeah, it was like two seasons behind. <laughs> they were like, you know, and people were like, yeah, I collect Pokemon cards. And you're like, which ones? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which ones? Which ones? Yeah, the, the real ones? ones? <laughs> the, the, the real ones? Yes, I do. Do you know how to play? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knew. Play. Did you know? Um, no, I knew, no, I knew a few people who collect them, but I mean, I'm sure people slightly older than me were actually playing, playing the game, yeah. but at the my age, roommates I was in college played uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. They used to kill each other because they couldn't... They played Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, you kept the Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, card yeah, game. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. actually, like, whoa. Yeah, but they could never agree on what the rules on certain cards were, so yeah. there'd be like half-hour shouting matches or oh, just like, trying to watch yeah. Space or something like that. Lads. Lads, You're 22. About blue eyes and <laughs> <like> dragon. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, video game versions of those card games. Hearthstone is one of them. It's Blizzard's one that just mm. because it's still a card game, but because yeah. you have a computer just yeah. taking care of all the calculations and the rules, yeah. it's way more fun to play because <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not getting into like, those yeah. games. I have two uh, and minus this. Yeah, no, all I have done. to put this card on or top. Or even here. just like if you play this card then and you have one of these, then summon all types yeah. of this yeah, from yeah. your deck, <laughs> and you're like. Oh, I, <laughs> I used to just collect them because I'd want to be like, this is going to be the pack of cards that won't just have 50 of the energy cards or the waste of time cards like Professor Oak on it. And you'd be oh, like, yeah. this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't need this. Do you remember what Pokemon the editor of Nintendo Power Magazine played? Or Nintendo Official I do. Magazine? Oh I my know, God. I know exactly what happened. I can tell you my team. Guys. Go on. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it. All right. So I had a, they're all level 100. That's very important. Did you do specific types or did you have different types? Uh, I, no. I had, so this is what I had when I went up. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a Mewtwo, my Mewtwo, level 100. Sick. I had my friend's Mewtwo that I was like, I'm going to do this tournament. Can I have your Mewtwo? <laughs> Come on. So I had, I had two Mewtwo's up at the, up at the top of the lineup. Uh, then I had a Mew, which, uh, which, wow. which my cousin had gotten for me at a previous Nintendo event. Uh, because by then we all had, we all had two copies of the game because everyone bought yellow when it came out. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, much to our parents' confusion, we all bought the same game in a different color. Um, and, uh, uh, so I had that. And then I had, I had a Dragonite, which was my favorite one. Dragonite? Because, lovely because that was the one where I was just like, I really like this one. And it's not really what would now be called the meta in terms of like, like when you step outside of the game and you're like, in terms of what's the best team to have statistically Mm -hmm. right now would be called a meta in like modern gaming, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so I had that and then I had like a Zapdos and an Articuno so it was like really boring in terms of like just the legendary yeah. awesome ones mm. you get at the end of the game but they're good they're good Pokemon um, yeah, oh, yeah Articuno's my certainly bird. like those two Mewtwo's right up the front was like unbalanced you yeah. know <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that was like game breakingly unfair mm. um, but uh, yeah when I went to fight him uh, I, I went to fight him and uh, it comes up at the beginning how many Pokemon you both have right and i had six and he had one and i remember the brief moment of joy where i was like i can't lose yeah like in my <laughs> Statistically, soul yeah. like and i was like <laughs> are you supposed to only have one and he was like oh it's one-on-one and i actually had the bad mewtwo at the start of my lineup the one that wasn't as good one of its moves was like a hm or something no. like yeah and uh 
oh my god i really remember this <laughs> and, uh, so i, I was like imagine the tension. oh crap yeah. so i couldn't even at that point i was like i already felt like such an idiot because yeah. i didn't know it was one-on-one mm-hmm. and i found out later that the staff hadn't properly handed out the rules at the beginning no, um no. so, it could have been so different. it could have been it could have been i still think he would have beat me um and then he just uh he had done a thing basically the best thing to do in red and blue was to teach a mewtwo blizzard um and the one i had my other one did have that uh, so it would have probably been a 50-50 mm-hmm. coin toss uh, between which one of us would have won just based on who went first, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, but that was not the case. So he pretty quickly, pretty quickly not me. Oh, and you could only use healing moves once. So I don't know if you remember, but Mewtwo fights used to go on for hours because yes. Mewtwo has a move called Recover. This is all, I really haven't thought about this it in a long time. Like it's rushed, HP again, it's rushed it? back. Uh, it puts you, I think it brings, ha- it brings half your yeah. HP back, but you could just... Keep doing you it. Just yeah. do it and do it. They yeah. were all just they were all and they would reset and you'd just basically be back at the start of the fight. And um, you could only use that once, which yeah. I also didn't know. Um and uh yeah, I remember when I went to use that and he was like, You can only use recover once. I was like, Okay, I'm doomed. But I got a silver badge. <laughs> silver I fought a Nintendo master. Which, like, I mean, it was just the editor of Nintendo Official Magazine that doesn't necessarily Imagine mean... what a weird thing yeah. from mm-hmm. his perspective. So he's, like, whatever, 28, yeah. 30. Mm. And, like, he's in the RDS in Dublin at this event. He's been flown the, over to the RDS in Dublin. There's these, yeah. like, 12-year-olds being like, fight me. Yeah. he's like yeah. sure and they I'm really sure... want to beat you they yeah. really they really care about it. And they're passionate about it. I'd yeah. say it would be so surreal and really fun. Oh, mm. Pokemon was so good. What a weird thing that happened in my life. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Cool Unfortunately, experience. I don't have a Majora's Mask equivalent to that story. <laughs> There's no way you couldn't have a Zelda themed event like that. You'd be like, we need a week long camp yeah. <laughs> like to play through. My uh, Myself and my friend Patty went to see the uh, the Zelda orchestra that now tours. When that was announced as a limited run, mm-hmm. three shows only, mm-hmm. one in London, one in Japan and one in New York. Uh, we got tickets to the London one and went. And that was a pretty special yeah. Zelda gathering, I guess. The music is amazing. Uh, it was very beautiful. And Koji Kondo was actually there because it was still in its like limited run phase. Mm. That's um, really cool. And he came out and he played Grandma's theme from Wind Waker on piano by himself. And it was very beautiful. I don't know how else to describe it. It was like a lot of people tapping into that weird nostalgia. Yeah. Because it's... All at uh, once. Yeah. Like it's, and especially because it's, it's like Majora's Mask is for me. It's something that you wouldn't consider like the mainstream Zelda memories that like yeah. people would have mm-hmm. but they actually all do you know yeah. this is like very intentional from Nintendo that you pick up on little things in the game and they mean a lot to you yeah mm-hmm. when he came out and instead of playing all of his like big rip-roaring themes mm-hmm. that he's had through it he played grandma's theme from Wind Waker which is just this very sweet quiet yeah. thing they're really, so good really really hit me <laughs> and all the other nerds <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing that like you're so right about Nintendo is that they have all these shiny things like even in Majora's Mask like lots of the little sad stories or the music stuff or in Pokemon some of the really sad little side things like I don't know if you remember but in Lavender Town when you had to find that Marowak that was a ghost that was really that sad that was very spooky yeah I kind of remember spooky. this yeah but yeah there was always like just like little moments that you wouldn't realise that you had like imprinted on as like a young person and then when you see it again or hear it again when you're like in your 20s you're like oh my god <laughs> I'm crying have you ever heard the um, the theory about uh you know the, the crazy Pokedex entries in Pokemon the way they're all described as like they have these insane yeah, facts yeah, yeah. that just couldn't it's like yeah. well if this Pokemon existed Earth would be crushed by its gravitational yeah. force <laughs> is like the theory is that uh, it's 
when you catch a Pokemon, the 10 year old that you're playing is like writing these descriptions based on just like looking at the Pokemon like. and guessing, <laughs> which is really That's cute. so cute. True. You'd be like, oh, this guy, he yeah, could he's definitely hotter do than this. the sun. <laughs> <laughs> like a little Charmander with a flame like the size of a light bulb. Like he is the sun. Yeah. If the flame goes out, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Or like Pikachu, it's like it's a, it's a large mouse. Yeah, and you're like it's got what electrical he... power that could power all of Palatown. <laughs> what if it's not even electrical? What if that kid just has a mouse? Oh, <laughs> imagination is a wonderful thing. Did you see that video of the new Pokemon film where Pikachu talks? No. Oh, Detective P- Detective Detective Pikachu. <laughs> what? It... No, there's like a f- there was a clip online. So oh, there's the a new a film... like anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks uh... re- it's really pretty. But someone filmed it in the cinema because there's a bit where Pikachu talks English. Yes, yes, I do know this. And the whole cinema goes, "No!" <laughs> it's really weird. Every like wow. has a, a very visceral reaction to hear Is Pikachu. Pokemon talk. aren't supposed to like. It's did, yeah. Um, did do you know if they got the actor from the Detective Pikachu thing I was talking, about, which I'm only vaguely aware of? No. That in Japan at the moment, there's this whole other Pokemon series called Detective Pikachu, or, where yeah. Pikachu talks. It's not this Pikachu from yeah, yeah. the series. It's, it's a different Pikachu? Pikachu that can talk and is a detective. And uh, that's there... like someone made a cartoon for me. Yeah, like what kind of things do you enjoy? Columbo, well, I, got, I got news for you. They are making a live action version of this movie Shut right now. Up. They're shooting okay. right now in Japan. What the hell is Pikachu going to look like in that live action movie? Is he going to be? Is there going to be too deta- too much detail or not enough detail? Oh, what if it's going to have realistic fur? That's going to be yeah. weird. I would kind of like it if they just kind of Roger Rabbit it. I mean, Me too. It was just... I feel like nobody does that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Majora's mm, Mask is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 great. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff left unsaid in it, and uh, I think that's why it really resonated with me because it leaves a lot of its story up to you. Mm. That like gives you the ingredients to kind of come up with your own. Have you replayed it much? Uh, yeah, I actually played that. It was re-released on the 3DS mm. two years ago, and when I was in Edinburgh, not re- the year and a half mm. ago, um, I. Uh, it was the only game that I had. So I was yeah. like, all right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I replayed the whole thing. And a lot of it is still very fresh. There's like mm. a lot of nice things in there mm. that uh, that hold up very well. Did you like the little um, extras that they did in the 3DS thing? You know, like the, the way you can save yeah. halfway through and um, stuff now? It didn't really make a difference to me just because no. of the way I play, but I can see why they did it. Yeah. Because even the, there was a couple of moments where I used them where I was just like, oh, dear, you know, battery's about to run out yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which I guess makes more sense, especially With considering the like the portability mm-hmm. handheld thing of it. Um, but yeah, they're all pretty much for the for the better, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, that's a whole other thing we could talk about. But we probably don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can do it again. Yeah. Remix, yeah. video game remix. There's an episode. <laughs> yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, do you want to plug some things? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I got two yeah. things. Um, so, uh, Dream Gun Film reads um the podcast. Uh, we do live shows as well, but I don't know. There'll be one in February, but I don't know any information about what it's going to be mm. or the dates or anything. So for now, listen to the podcast. And if you listen to the podcast, I will eventually tell you in the podcast when that live show is. <laughs> um, that'd be great. And uh, myself, Hannah Mamelis and Peter McGann, um, who are two other comedy actor people, mm. uh, we have a new show coming out in January in Smock Alley uh, on the week of the 14th of January. It's called Personal Space. It's very. Uh, it's a black comedy that's like we were writing we were writing way too much stuff set in 
crazy town. So we're like, okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's write something in the real world. Mm. Uh, so it's three short comedies that we're presenting as an anthology. Oh, that, cool. uh, That'd be great. Yeah. Together. Uh, so I think it's very, um, I guess it's like we're, we're trying to emulate like inside number nine in terms of just telling like very, very um. short, concise stories um, for a change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, come to that. That'd be great. <laughs> That sounds really cool. Because it's a bit of a gamble. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Yeah. And subscribe to the podcast and leave them a review for God's sake. Oh, that'd be yeah. great. Actually, it does yeah. really help. Yeah, yeah. We've been hesitant to ask. But since this is your podcast, oh Do God, it. leave me Do a review, it. please. I might act cool on mine, but this is the real me. <laughs> listen, you just have to be straight out with what you need from if people are gonna listen, yeah. the like, yeah. please, God. Those leave podcast review. charts are very difficult to understand how they work. They're weird and confusing. I check them eight times a day, um, and I don't understand <laughs> it. Have you guys all. ever checked the comedy? The the this is my last thought. Have you ever checked the comedy rankings overall in Ireland? It's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, number, I think it's number. It's in the forties overall of all time. Is the trailer for Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> and it's beating every Irish. I don't think there's any Irish no. comedy podcast above it. Yeah. Um, they just can't compete so, with that. Yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> Extremely weird. Yeah. And it's got a big, like, 2009 next to it, just, like, taunting all of us. Just everyone, like, looking at it. You're like... still not there. <laughs> you're good. You're not Bruno Trader good, I'm afraid. Yeah. You're good, but you're not up there. So there. There we go. Yeah. Cool. Stephen Coffer. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. Bye. So there we go. Yeah. Thanks again, Stephen Coffer. Thanks, Stephen. It was fun. Go listen to Dream Gone Film Reads podcast. And keep an eye out for live stuff. For yeah, it's not on the House of Podcast Network. Um, so we're probably not supposed to I don't give care. it this bus promotion. I don't it's care. so funny. It's so funny. So funny. You'll pee yourself a little bit. Go listen to Spider-Man 1 and then all of them, but especially the Titanic one, mm-hmm. which made me nearly crash my car from laughing. <laughs> so uh, let's do the thank yous. Thank you. Thank you to Dee McDonald. Thank you, Dee. For your artwork. It's always good and it's always pink. It is always pink. Never, never changed. changed. <laughs> never changes. And I've noticed a lot of people are now using pink in their artwork. Yeah. Not to be... No, I know. But no. I just... I think that she picked a good colour. Yeah. No, when I'm obsessively scrolling through the iTunes charts now, I have to stop a couple of times. Because you're like, alerts. is that us? No. Nope. We're lower down. We're always lower down. <laughs> What's the story? Yeah, what that's are a we doing war? here? No, I do it for the fun. Yeah, um, uh, but do like, like, and subscribe, and leave us a review if you want. That'd be good. Christ, I think that's important. It is apparently. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I've I've done some reading on the matter. Tim Cook, can you tell us, please? Yeah, maybe I'll ask if like I'll email Apple's PR. <laughs> yeah, under the disguise of work, and then just be like, can you bump us up? Huh? Yeah. How about it? No. No. That's bad. That's cheating. It is cheating. It's also cheating to just download all the episodes eight times onto three different devices. Definitely haven't done that. No. No. A ghost did that. A ghost did it. The ghost of my ego. Why <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> um, listen to some other head stuff yeah. podcasts? Motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Double love. Yeah. High podcast. There's great. lots of good mixtures of like learning ones mm-hmm. and fun ones and ones that are combinations too. Yeah. Uh, reviewables. Reviewables is really Very fun. good. Um, there's loads of them. Let's go to the Heads Up Podcast Network. Fair Game. Yeah. Is newish to the Heads Up Podcast Network. About cool women in sport. Yeah, that's a good one. 
Is that it? I think so. When's this one going out? This one's gone out on the 7th of December. Oh, oh I do have stuff to plug this time. Oh. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Plug. Look. Bam. <laughs> so, the comedy night that I run in Waterford monthly, Boxworks Comedy, mm-hmm. 21st of December for our Christmas, we have, our headliner is Laura Byrne. Very funny. Very funny. Uh, you might know her from facts videos and from being sound on Twitter and having a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, which I'm very excited about, Funny Liam Nugent. The community centre king. The the king of local comedy in a, a town of Miklo. The king of having some very dark secrets that he can't really process no, in a I, healthy way. No, he's he's a disturbing man and I'm going to unleash Are him on you people gonna in Waterford. Are you going to have to like, take out an insurance policy just to be sure that it's covered? You know how he is. I'm... I'm giving people uh, cushions put in front of their faces just in yeah. case he brings his hammer I've asked yeah. him to not bring his hammer but he, he might he might bring the ball peen hammer because yeah. it's smaller yeah and it'll be surprise hammer attack he has those pockets in his tucks are bigger than you think they can hide they things. go down the way to, all the way to his knees yeah so I saw him with a, a, a katana before <laughs> yeah he keeps like four cans of harp down one of them yeah so harp on a sword what more does a man need on a night out <laughs> yeah so crack open your can of harp with a sword yeah so that's in Waterford 21st of December do it I'll be there as well I'll have I'll be repurposing old things I've written about Christmas into stand-up bits that'll be exciting for you yeah Uh, it will be because Alan sometimes people don't read stuff on the internet so it might be a whole new world for them that is true you're you're putting yourself down I'm putting myself down I shouldn't no Um, follow Juvenalia do it Juvenalia underscore pod I just realised I haven't mentioned the other podcast to do on the Headstop Podcast Network as a podcast we should listen to. Oh yeah, Roast Chestnuts. Roast Chestnuts, me and Gene Sutton. It's a very limited run podcast where they watch um, TV movies based around Christmas time. Yeah. There is five episodes so far. We're doing ten in total. Mm-hmm. Ellen's going to do one. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, so listen to that. That's fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing that good seasonal fare like if you're yeah. like making Christmas things mulling a wine which you should really do it's not as hard as you think no you can buy sachets if you're not I into, did a full on I bought like star anise and all did you yeah you, like, did the peel and stuff yeah nice it's really it's really nice it makes the house smell great it makes you feel like you're in one of those American houses on sitcoms where there's two stairs in the house yeah do you know yeah yeah that's a good smell mm. um, follow Ellen on Twitter yeah if you want yeah in Cog Allen. Uh, on Twitter.com. Alan underscore Maguire. That's me. We're online, you know us. Yeah, we're, that's that's where you know us from. Yeah. If you listen to this probably. Mm. Um I'm just enjoying chatting. I haven't seen I haven't seen Alan in like two months. Yeah, so we, we're just enjoying chatting we don't really know how to end. No, it's yeah. been very good. Yeah. Uh have a good Christmas or festive season, however you celebrate it. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying December. You I hope your trees up. Yeah, or yeah. like no, doesn't like I don't. Not, mine won't be. No, up. mine won't be up either. Mine's going up a couple of Mine's days later. Mid December. Yeah. Listen to some Sophie and Christmas music. Definitely. Listen to George Michael. I did my first Christmas unicorn listen. How the other day, it? it was good because as the big bit at the end mm-hmm. kicked in with Lovell Terrace apart. Yeah. I was driving under the big light up Ferris wheel in Waterford. Oh. So all the lights were shining down on the car, sprinkling, and that was happening. And I was driving, and it was a very nice cinematic moment. That is very nice. I love when they happen in real life. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, the other day, I did something very sad. I was driving home. 
Oh. And I was listening to Impossible Soul. Yeah. And I was getting up to... The big bit? The big bit. And I was getting too close to my house. Yeah. So I said I drove past my house up to the Mr. Price car park. Yeah. Which is a big deserted car park near where I live. And did a big wide circle of the car park. Well, the bit bit kicked off, and I felt that's not sad. That's I felt cool. like I felt sixteen. It was amazing. Aww. Yeah, it was really nice. And then I said to Carla, I was like, "I'm gonna tell." And I um, I drove past her house to finish off this song. She's like, oh, "I do that all the time." Yeah, it's like oh, it's nice. nice. I like yeah. when people do that and they like want to enjoy themselves that much that they're like, "I'm not done yet." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds me of being in the car like my mom or dad, and there's a song on the radio, and we just don't leave until it's over. Mm-hmm. Leave the engine running. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Okay, that's a very long outro. Yeah, another one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Do you have a feeling Elon Musk is evil, but no solid proof? Are you able to eat carbohydrates in public without causing a scene? Do you think you should be learning how to code, but you're not really sure why? You need a podcast. A podcast is an audio file of between 30 to 40 minutes starring three women. Well, ours is anyway. Join us every Tuesday morning, or whenever you listen to podcasts, as three dumb women try to become smarter by investigating the topics we should really know by now. Search School for Dumb Women on iTunes, Acast, or your podcast vehicle of choice. Because it's a woman's right to choose her podcast.